The story happened to my brother, and it's told from his perspective. On Halloween of 2017, I went trick-or-treating with my friends, who I'll call Harvey, Michael, and Daniel. We were all around 14 to 15 years old, and really just wanted to make the most of this Halloween, as we would have had so much homework starting the 10th grade, and we'd probably never be able to trick-or-treat again. Anyway, we were walking down this random street at like 9.30, when we saw this one house with like really insane over-the-top Halloween decorations that looked like they cost up to $500. The four of us walked up to the house, and we rang the bell. Some 50-year-old guy opened the door, and then said, No need to yell. Just come in and you'll get your sweets. Daniel told the guy, Uh, can't you just bring the candy out here? The guy didn't even answer, so the four of us just walked away, not saying a single word. But of course, the story wouldn't be scary if it ended here. We were walking down my street when Harvey pointed out, Guys, I think that man is following us. We all looked behind us and we saw that same 50-year-old man walking about 25 feet behind us. The four of us then bolted all the way down to my house. We were all way too scared to even think about revealing where I lived to this psycho. We thrust open the front door, entered my house, and locked the door. The four of us were just hyperventilating, as if we had just run like a 75-mile marathon. I was starting to calm down when Michael then said, Dude, look at the window. We all looked, and there he was. The old man was looking through one of my windows. My parents were on vacation at the time, and my older brother was at his friend's Halloween party, so we couldn't tell them. But what really made this horrifying was I could see the guy holding a Saturday night special in his hand. We all ran upstairs and called the police. The officers arrived in 10 minutes. The man wasn't on my property anymore, but we remembered the house he was in. The cops went there, searched the whole place, and then came out with the man in chains. As it turns out, the house was vacant, and the man was a serial killer who had escaped prison a month ago. If my friends and I are ever able to go trick-or-treating again, we're definitely avoiding the street that house is on. And who really knows what the guy would have really wanted to do to my friends and I, had we been naive enough to enter that house. I will say though, I'm really glad this happened when we were teenagers, and not like 9 years old. All I can say is if you're trick or treating, make sure the house owner is completely normal. And if a single thing seems off in the slightest, just walk away. I was 13 years old when this happened on Halloween night in 2015. Since I had been sitting around all day, at 9pm I decided to go for a walk out in the woods. It was one of my favorite things to do, since everything looked so different out in the dark and that there were no people around. I really loved the cool night air and the spooky feeling of the woods and the nearby pond. I'd started walking past my neighbor's blue house when they were having a huge Halloween party. There were flashing lights at the windows and music blaring, and I could hear all the drunk people raving in the yard. But soon enough, I had made it to the quiet woods like I had planned. As I was walking on the forest path, I started to feel very nervous and paranoid. I couldn't really see where I was going, and eventually had to take my earbuds off to be more aware of my surroundings. The feeling of uneasiness started to fade for a moment as I made it through the woods and onto a street near the one I lived on. 
I turn the corner back to my street, my earbuds back on, and blasting Nightcore, now almost relieved that I was almost home. I started to think I was being stupid for getting so jumpy over nothing, but then a thin figure appeared from behind the still lively blue house, and I immediately tensed back up. As the figure got closer, I placed my house keys between my fingers like I learned from the internet, and tried to make out what I was seeing. The figure was a man, fairly tall, bald, and wearing a black suit. He was also ghost white, and due to my poor vision, I literally almost shit myself thinking it was Slenderman himself coming to take me. A moment later though, I noticed that he did in fact have a face, and he had painted it to look like a skull. The man was obviously wasted, and he was staggering in a zigzag motion across the empty street right towards me. For a split second, I was hoping he was too hammered to even notice me, but that hope quickly faded as he made his way right to me. I was absolutely paralyzed with fear. My house was only two houses away, but I'd have to get past this unpredictable man and I had no idea if I could outrun him with my asthma. Panicking, I was considering other ways to get away from him into safety. Could I turn back and maybe take a long way around to the other end of my street? No. It's dark. There's no one around, and I could definitely not run for that long. Can I make it to my grandma's house? Can't do that either. There's no guarantee that she's awake or even home. As I was trying to decide, my thoughts were interrupted as the man put a hand tightly on my shoulder. He started speaking, but I couldn't hear him properly due to my music still playing in my ears. All I managed to hear was him questioning what girl my age was doing out alone so late at night. I could only stand there and stare. The man then paused, raised his arm, and then pointed a finger to the woods behind the houses and then said something. It was at this point that I decided if I didn't do something, soon my body would definitely end up being found in the woods. I looked at the woods, then at the guy, shook him off, and broke into a full-on sprint past him at my house, crossing some of that blue house's property. At my front door, I was furiously stabbing my key into the old rusting lock with my shaky hands, fearing that any second that man would come grab me from behind and drag me into the dark forest on the other side of my yard. I finally managed to get inside and made sure the door stayed locked before I could finally breathe again. I threw my shoes off and made my way into the basement as my tears started rolling down my face. Sobbing, I had told my older brother what was going on, and together we called our parents who weren't home at the time. They said they would check it out, and we didn't call the police, since it was a little town and no harm was actually done. The next day, my dad had informed me that the drunk man was actually just one of the taxi drivers in our town, and we just never spoke of it again. The next day, my dad had informed me that the drunk man was actually just one of the taxi drivers in our town, and we pretty much just never spoke of it again. It's six years later, and I still get extremely nervous going outside after dark even though I don't live anywhere near that place anymore. I've told this story to my friends a few times, and it honestly sort of annoys me that I didn't get as much as an apology from that guy. I really honestly hate the whole town, and the fact that no one there does anything when things like this happen. I'm glad I live in a bigger place now, where we at least have street lights. After listening to a bunch of Halloween horror stories, it reminded me of something that happened to me when I was 15. For some context, I'm a guy, and I was trick-or-treating with four of my friends who I'll call J, D, A, and T. 
we wanted to have some extra fun this time for two reasons. One, this was our first time trick-or-treating in what we called our late teens. The second reason was this might have been our last time trick-or-treating because of how busy our life would soon become due to academic reasons. This did turn out to be the case, but not for the reason we thought. We were walking down some random street when we saw a house with insane decorations to the point where we almost thought it wasn't even a house. We walked up to the door, and then before we could even ring the doorbell, some guy opened the door. This alone already put the five of us on alert. He then said, Sorry, we're out. This honestly relieved us, and then we just walked away, not saying a word. We continued walking down the road, and then turned to walk to Jay's house. As we were walking, Dean stopped us and then pointed out, Yo, who is that? We turned around and then saw a shadow about 75 feet from behind us. We gave it no thought and just continued walking. We eventually made it to Jay's house about 10 minutes later. His parents weren't home, so we could be as loud as we wanted. We had started playing video games in his room. That is, until we heard a scream. What the hell? We all turned and yelled when we saw the guy from the house at Jay's window, trying to open it. Now, I was in a marching band at my school at the time, but what people didn't know was just how much it developed my legs. I stormed towards the window, opened it with so much force that it would have cracked the wall if I did it any harder, and then I kicked the guy straight in the face. He staggered back, and then I quickly closed the window. This may seem over the top, but I swear it actually happened. We then saw him run away, and we decided to stay the night just to make sure nothing happened to Jay. Why didn't we call the cops? Because we didn't feel like it was necessary that five 15-year-old guys could easily overpower one old guy with a broken nose. But it's not like it mattered, because we never saw him again after that. And thank God for that. This is the first time I've really talked about the story since it happened. I'm only 19, and I've experienced enough scary and traumatizing things for two lifetimes. I'm only 19, and I've honestly experienced enough scary and traumatizing things for two lifetimes. That being said, I'm very street smart, and always have been. I live right in front of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. This particular story happened when I was in 8th grade. Names have been changed for obvious reasons. My friend Jess threw a little Halloween party at her house on the night of Halloween. There were four other girls as well as two guys besides me and Jess. Megan, Cara, Emily, Bella, Chris, and Zach. Everything was going just fine, and we all took pictures in our costumes, and then took Jess's little cousin trick-or-treating around the neighborhood for a while. I'd also like to add that this was in a decent neighborhood, and crime doesn't really happen in this area. After taking her cousin trick-or-treating, we went back to Jess's house and grabbed hoodies since it was getting cold out, and we decided to walk around. Jess grabbed her Beats pill, and the eight of us walked around the neighborhood together with the music on low, just barely enough to hear it unless you were near. We didn't see anyone out trick-or-treating anymore, so we decided to go park near Jess's house. It was about nine o'clock or so at this point, so it really wasn't too late at all. The playground and the swings were at least 50 yards from the sidewalk, and you had to walk through a large open field in order to get to it. The playground was hidden due to a bunch of large trees surrounding the playground. 
you would really only be able to see it if you were walking on the sidewalk or in the trees. Once we got to the playground, we all put our phones and just put our Beats pill on the park bench, and we headed straight to the playground to just hang out. Everybody was all having their own individual conversations with one another, considering there were eight of us. I was sitting next to Cara and Jess in the playground, while Mega, Emily, Bella, and Chris were sitting on those bars slash walls of the playground. Zach was the only one not on the playground. When we all briefly glanced at a group of men with their hoods up, coming right out of the trees near the sidewalk that was about 40 yards away. They weren't doing anything, but they were beginning to walk along the sidewalk that we were just on before. We didn't really think anything of it, so we just minded our business and continued chatting amongst each other. About a minute or so later, everybody gets quiet, and Kara jumps up randomly and begins running off the playground. Roughly two seconds later, I see Megan, Bella, Emily, Chris, and Zach all gone and out of sight. Jess and I were sitting on the playground, a bit hidden, and were very confused as to what was going on. I then turned around, and I saw either five or six men, all dressed in black, each wearing masks, all with long knives or metal baseball bats in their hands. They weren't running, but they were walking very fast towards us. I knew there was something wrong the second I saw their demeanor, almost like they were up to something. And for anyone asking how I knew they were men, they were very tall and had a really big build underneath whatever they were wearing. I looked at Jess and she was just as scared as I was, considering all our friends had left us behind without even saying a word. The men were right next to the park benches that we had left our phones on, still walking fast. And Jess, not thinking clearly, decides to run up to the park bench and grab her Beats pill, out of fear that they were going to steal it. I waited for her, because I knew I couldn't live with it if she got caught by them. At this point, Jess starts running back towards me so we can get the hell out of there. Jess and I start panicking on what to do or where to go, because this park is so secluded and all we're surrounded by is trees. I turn to see where my friends went, and I see a couple of them climbing rocks that led to a fence that basically has nothing but forest behind it. That's when I then see a couple of the men start chasing after them on the rocks, and I instantly had to think because I knew that the other men were coming up right behind Jess and I. Jess and I ran towards the end of the fence because we knew we wouldn't get up the rocks fast enough. Jess immediately made it to the other side of the fence where our other friends were, while I being the 4 foot 11 girl that I am, was absolutely struggling to get over the fence. I looked to my left to see where the men were, and two men were sprinting right towards me as they noticed I was struggling to get over the fence. And I swear, maybe five seconds before one of the men caught up to me, I was actually able to make it over. At this point, I didn't know where anybody was, and I was all alone. I could see the two men getting ready to hop the fence to come after me, and that's when I took off running. I tried to stay low though because I knew that the other three men were still around somewhere and I didn't know if they had my friends or what the hell was going on. My first instinct was to find the first house I could with the lights on and luckily enough it wasn't long before I did. I ran straight through their backyard and then started pounding on their door without a single care in the world of how creepy that must have been for them. Luckily they were having a party too and after I explained the whole situation quickly the guys in that house went out into the trees to go find these men and go look for my friends. All of my friends and I were safely at this house by this point, but the men that went to go look for them weren't back yet. 
The ladies in the house called the cops and explained the situation, and about five minutes later, the guys from the house came back, and one of them had actually been punched in the face. The cops eventually arrived and checked everywhere we had been. They didn't even see anybody walking in the area, but they did find all our phones still sitting on the bench where we left them. This might not be that scary to some, but it was truly terrifying for me and those I was with, considering we weren't bothering anybody. One of the guys trying to help us got punched. They all had weapons of some sort, and they clearly weren't trying to rob us or they would have taken our phones that were right there. I never found out who those men were or what their intentions were with their weapons. All I know is I never went to a park late at night ever again, and neither should you. I actually had a pretty decent scare back when I was 14, and I'm in my early 20s now, so some of the more intricate details are a little hazy, but I'll try to tell it as accurately as I can remember. So the story happened on Halloween night in 2013. Me and my three friends, Dallas, AJ, and Infernee, had all collectively decided that we would meet up at my house to begin trick-or-treating, as my house was located right next to the wealthier neighborhood in the city. Our game plan to maximize our trick-or-treating efficiency was to start off at my house, then work our way down towards the nice neighborhood, and then loop around. Before we began, Anthony mentioned that he had bought some weed, and so we all smoked some in the alleyway by my house before we began. We made our way through my neighborhood, in a decent bit into the nice neighborhood before we decided to start heading back so we could get to the houses on the opposite side of the street as we started making our way towards my house. Unfortunately, it was already pretty late at this point, and so a lot of the houses had already started turning off their lights. By the time we were almost out of the nicer neighborhood, just about every house had turned their lights off, except for this one that was attached to a bunch of other townhouses. We being the desperate candy-starved teenagers that we were, weren't going to let the late hour of the night sway us from our potential earnings. So we all made our way up onto the porch and rang the doorbell. We waited for a decent bit, probably a good 30 seconds, before we finally heard some loud thumping behind the door. It was an older male, probably in his early 40s. He answers the door in a stained tank top and a pair of denim boxers. The guy looked like he hadn't showered or shaved in like a solid week, but he did seem pretty nice though, despite his appearance. And he made some sort of joke about us being the only trick-or-treaters out there, as we had stayed out later than everyone else and so we deserved a better reward than the rest of them. He told us to wait there just for a moment while he went and got some treats for us. None of us really found his appearance weird, and I partially blamed the weed that we'd smoked earlier, as we weren't as paranoid about him as much as we were paranoid that some cops would see us walking down the street and somehow know that we smoked. We heard his thumping footsteps as he walked around his house, and then a couple of minutes later, he then came back with some black DVD boxes. He held them out like a deck of cards, and he told us to take what we wanted. As he said this, he cracked a smile, and I remember thinking about just how gross his yellow jagged teeth were. We looked at the covers, and they were all adult movies, some of them not even featuring females on the cover. AJ made a comment about the movies, saying we just wanted candy, but the guy just smiled wider with his crooked yellow teeth, seeming to stick out of his mouth, and then he said, I know what kids your age like to do. Don't worry. It's okay. You can trust me. 
I'm cool. At this point, me and my friends all began awkwardly shuffling away from the porch, politely declining his offer. When the man put his hands on his underwear, then started rubbing himself as he begged us to stay and then come inside so we could watch movies together. He said that he'd let us eat all the candy we want and other really disturbing things. While he was still going on his tangent, me and my friends all collectively decided to book it towards my house. Pillowcases full of candy awkwardly being shuffled in our arms. We ran out of the nice neighborhood and down this large hill that the nice neighborhood sat on top of before forking it left onto the city street that would lead to my house. Before we made it out of the nice neighborhood, I remember looking back and seeing the grown man chase after us for the first part, but then giving up shortly after and going back into his house. We eventually made it to my house and went directly into the basement through a set of stairs that was in the back of my house. While we were in there, we all collectively talked about just how insane what happened was and we wondered if the weed we smoked had made it seem weirder or maybe more normal than it actually was. Either way, we egged his house the next day, and we never went back there for Halloween ever again. This event occurred when I was 10 years old on Halloween night. At the time, I was still a stick-thin girl with nothing to actually distinguish that I was a girl. Especially since earlier that year, I decided I didn't want to be confused with my twin sister anymore. So I'd gotten a pixie cut, and I had began dressing in black. At the time, I had no girlfriends. But up the road half a mile was my friend Austin, and another mile and a half up, Quinn. I had really become close with them, and would often go exploring and fishing with them. So it was only natural that we decided that the three of us would go trick-or-treating together. Compared to Austin in my neighborhood, Quinn's was the more wealthier one. So in hopes of getting the best candy, we decided we'd go to Quinn's. I had been to Quinn's house a few times, but most of the time we hung out, we'd walk another mile up from Quinn's to the Rudders, which was our local gas station for Slurpees, and then another two miles down from my house to the park and lake. So Austin and I weren't too familiar with this neighborhood and the ones around it. But I digress. My mother had a new boyfriend at the time, so she didn't really care what I was doing. She would have gotten mad if she'd known I was hanging out with boys again. It was Pennsylvania, so it was super cold. So any costume I had on was pretty much covered with my jacket and leggings. I had been a dark fairy, so you could still guess what I was just because of the black sparkly wings. Anyways, I had left early to go walk to Austin's house. When I got there, I had to ask Austin what he was because he was in a white button-up, black dress pants, as well as a tie and a heavy black jacket over it. He moved his jacket to show me the cheap sheriff's badge attached to his belt and told me he was a detective. I had laughed and his parents shooed us away. I remember his dad grumbling about what was a boy doing with sparkly wings when I then realized he'd been talking about me which definitely dampened my spirits. Austin's dad was drinking though, so I didn't correct him. Austin attempted to cheer me up the entire way to Quinn's house, and soon all was forgotten. Quinn's house was the biggest house I had ever been at at the time. It was in a really nice neighborhood with houses on each side that looked just like his. Quinn's mother welcomed us warmly, and she had gave us treats to start off our trick-or-treating. 
Quinn definitely had the best costume of all of us. A realistic looking Grim Reaper robe with a black screen over the face, with red glowing eyes, and a plastic bloody sheath. Quinn's neighborhood was swamped with kids from my school, and soon we had gone through almost the entire neighborhood, with our bags really weighing us down. It was getting late, but Quinn wanted us to continue on, and Austin and I were in no rush to go home, so we agreed despite how dark it was getting. Quinn had told us that there was a shortcut to the other neighborhood through his backyard if we went down the hill and then through the trees for a while. Now, that kind of freaked me out, but being the only girl, I wasn't about to let on that I was scared. So I gulped when this was suggested, but nodded my approval, and off we went. Quinn had taken off his mask to better see as we stumbled down Quinn's backyard and decides to leave his sheath behind. We start through the woods and within about five minutes of walking and joking, we all then realized that none of us had thought to bring a flashlight. But it was fall, so there were no leaves on the trees, and light from the moon really helped to light up the way, if only enough not to walk into a tree. Austin asks how much longer, and I can tell by the hitch in his voice that he likes this shortcut just about as much as I do. Before Quinn can answer, we hear a crunch from somewhere up ahead of us, and we all freeze as Quinn sticks up a hand in the air to silence us. Did you guys hear that? Quinn says. I remain silent, but Austin snorts and replies. Stop it, Quinn. That's not going to work. You're not going to scare us. Quinn gasps and then says, I'm not joking. I really thought I heard something. And before I can tell them both just to keep walking, a shape in the darkness catches my eyes. It's up ahead of us, maybe 20 feet. It's dark, so I can't really distinguish anything, but it's only a moment later that no guessing is needed. Well, hey there, boys, came a strange man's reply from the spot. Quinn and Austin turn in horror as the man continues to walk towards us. What? Uh, who are you? Stammers Quinn. With this, a deep laugh bellows out of the man. Oh, me? I'm the devil. This whole time he's walking closer to us, but in the silhouette of darkness, I see no signs of this man wearing a costume. No horns or anything. Th this is my property. What are you doing in the woods? Quinn demands, sounding less brave with each syllable. Oh, me? Uh, I'm just out for a stroll. I don't really get out nearly as often as I'd like. He responds smoothly. Now he's about ten feet from us, halfway picking out from behind a tree. Quinn, let's just get out of here, I say. But Quinn, in a moment of bravery or stupidity, which is debatable, yells out to the man. What the hell's wrong with you? Stop talking to us. We're just trying to get through. And with that... Quinn nudges Austin and I and begins making a wide turn around the man, who silently watches us and spins around the tree with just his head and hands sticking out to watch us as we walk past. Austin then says to me, It's Halloween. He's just trying to scare us. I don't respond. Just keep my eyes locked on the man. He then yells, I hope I haven't scared you boys. I just really like your costumes. Why don't you come closer and let me have a better look? Immediately that comment sent up red flags to me, because you couldn't tell what Austin was, especially at a distance, 
and with Quinn's hood and sheath gone, you couldn't tell what he was either. That left me, and I didn't like that. Hey you, boy with the wings. Come over here. Let me help you fly. And with that, he just started laughing again. Now, I had been getting bullied for how short my hair was, and Quinn and Austin knew how much it hurt me every time I was mistaken for a boy. So they had taken up to sticking up for me. And unfortunately, tonight was no exception. Hey, stop talking to her, you creep. Austin yelled, and with that, he picked up a rock and threw it at the man. It bounced off the tree where the man was half-covered, and the man suddenly did a creepy little half-jump, half-dance, and clapped his hands. Uh, her? You're a girl? That's even better. And with that, he much like a wild animal bounded forward, hands first on all fours. I immediately dropped my candy, and all three of us began screaming our heads off and running. I don't think he chased us long, but with the crunching under our feet and our screams, it was pretty much impossible to tell. I quickly had to abandon my wings too, as they continued to get stuck to branches as we weaved through the trees in pure terror. We didn't stop until we made it through the trees and onto a well-lit street, though there were very few kids out at this point anyway. We were now over 15 minutes away from Quinn's house and probably an hour plus walk back to my house and it was only getting later. Quinn had dropped his bag too. Only Austin kept his, clutching it like it were a child. We took the long lit way back to Quinn's house in almost complete silence, terrified the man would appear again, but he didn't. When we actually made it, we frantically explained what happened, and though sympathetic, Quinn's mom said we couldn't call the police. She said that nothing had happened and we had no description of the man and that it was Halloween. The man was probably long gone and also was almost definitely just trying to scare us. She drove Austin and I home and I ended up getting grounded for being out so late and also leaving my costume behind. I didn't even bother to explain what had happened and she didn't seem to notice that I had no candy. The next day though, I couldn't go out because I was grounded. Quinn came over with his mom and gave me a bag of candy that they had bought because he knew I had lost mine in the woods. We never talked about it again after that, all convincing ourselves that it was probably just some creepy Halloween prank that went too far. So did the devil or whoever you are. I really, really hope to never see you again, and especially on Halloween.